When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The freight train was just, it was overwhelmingly loud. I mean, this thing hit our garden and picked up that whole thing up and took it away. He got attacked by a mountain lion and he choked it to death. Bambi does not exist except in your imagination. Mountain lions are not kitty cats. They're mountain lions. If they're a juvenile, they're still a mountain lion. They're going to chew your face off if they get a chance to do it. Hey guys, welcome to the Survival Show podcast with Craig and me, David, and producer Ben. We're all back together again, where it's our job to take you step by step through the mindset, skills, tactics, and gear you need to survive almost any crisis, emergency, or disaster, and show you how to use the lessons you learn today in this podcast to thrive in your life tomorrow. And don't forget to check us out at thesurvivalshow.com and more coming soon on that. Craig and Ben, how in the world are you guys doing? Hey, guess what? Guess what we are? Fan. You are fantastic. fantastic. <laughs> you know I was going to say that. Come on now. You know better than that. All right. So hey, we got to get. We're like the band back together again and all this stuff. I want to be the drummer. Can I be the drummer? You can this, be the drummer. Hey, the band can I be the bass back. player? Can I be no. the mascot? <laughs> the mascot. Yeah, you can be anything good. you want. <laughs> That's what this show is all about. But I have to ask you this, Craig. How was your workout today? I'll tell you what. I might <laughs> surprise you. It was terrible. I wasn't feeling it. I went in there. I worked out for about six and a half minutes and then left. You know, sometimes that? it's good to just cut your losses. <laughs> I didn't. I felt like I was not going to do very well and I might hurt myself. So I just left and went and hiking instead. How about that? Nice. I burned nice. the calories. I just didn't lift any weights. I know Ben had a workout today because I was getting off the treadmill when he showed up. <laughs> How was your workout, Ben? Uh, pretty good. My first long run of the season. Getting back in the shape. It hurt, though. What's the weather up there? Snow, cold, 10 degrees. <laughs> That's about it. Seriously, wow. <laughs> but it has been sunny. We're through We're through this. It's, it was really gloomy for about six months. But, Craig, we got something new for the guys today. Do we have a sponsor? We have a sponsor. Guys and gals, thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting us. And huge, huge thanks to the Sportsman's Guide. So that's going to be our new sponsor. We're just, I mean, it's all new. It's all fresh. And we're very excited how everything's going to happen. There's going to be some uh, giveaways. Believe it or not, yes, there's going to be some giveaways. Thanks to them. As well as you can check out down in the uh, description below, you'll find a link to the Sportsman's Guide. So anything you go in there and get, that's good for us. That's good for you. It's good for everybody. So check it out. We'd love to check win out. Win-wins. We like those win-wins, Craig, don't we? I like win-wins. The best part is, which I find the best part, is they're unbiased. I mean, it's an unbiased sponsor. They carry everything. They literally carry everything. Yeah. You know, I was looking on their website today, and they do, man. They've got one of everything in there. 
everything. So I was pretty pumped. Hey, Including. Hopefully, 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 the tiny survival guide, right? And card. <laughs> what, what? Yeah, and the card. Seriously? Yep. Sweet. So, Craig, you want to tell us what we're going to talk about today and get us going in the right direction? Yeah, guys, our mission here is to help you progressively increase your survival IQ so you leave out of here better prepared at the end of the show than you were right now at the beginning. So what we're going to be doing, we're going to dip into the mailbag a little bit later, but first, we're going to be talking about tornadoes, and we want to cover what to do to prepare now, survive during, and be safe after a tornado. Uh, this this is heavy. This is pretty heavy on my mind as of last week. Uh, if you've been watching the news, you saw that there was a tornado that tore through Alabama. 23 people were killed. One of those people was a six-year-old boy that was literally ripped out of his mother's arms. It's just incredibly heartbreaking. And I just can't, we just can't sit back and have a show like this and offer advice to help people survive without recognizing that sort of thing and seeing what we can do about it. So we're going to talk about tornadoes today. Uh, those things are incredibly devastating, and when we want to be able to help you get the skills that you need for yourself and your family. And we've also picked up some helpful hints from ready.gov. That's a fantastic web- website, by the way, ready.gov. It's got all kinds of disaster readiness, disaster preparedness information. And uh, we've also added in a few in of our own to help you with tornadoes. So let's get into it, boys. <laughs> the boys are back in town. <laughs> if any of y'all start singing in sync or something like that or Backstreet Boys, I am out of here. Just so you know. All right, guys, let's get into it. Okay, first let me say that a great number of people, at least in the United States, live in areas where tornadoes can touch down, even the northeastern mountains where I've lived my entire life, because people often think that the mountains will break up tornadoes, but they can touch down almost anywhere. And so preparing for and surviving a tornado is much the same as any high wind event, and most of us, regardless of where we live, are susceptible to that including events like hurricanes and tropical storms. So to start, let's talk about a tornado watch versus a tornado warning. So a tornado watch is issued when weather conditions are favorable for the development of severe thunderstorms, bet you didn't know that, called a supercell, and are capable of producing tornadoes. A tornado watch implies that there is a severe thunderstorm watch. Craig? Taking that a step further, a tornado warning, guys and gals, is an alert issued by the National Weather Forecasting Agencies to warn the public that severe thunderstorms with tornadoes are imminent or are occurring. The issuance of a tornado warning indicates that residents should take immediate safety precautions. All right, so let's start with how to prepare now. So this is this is before an event preparation. So first and foremost, you really need to know your area's tornado risk. Probably a lot of us know that. But if you don't, in the United States anyway, the Midwest and the Southeast have greater risk for tornadoes and significant events that are much larger in scale. Hey, let so me you throw something all... in there real quick. Yeah, go ahead, man. Uh, the, uh, you can contact anybody in the country, can contact their local emergency management service or their statewide service, mm-hmm. and they'll point. be able to help you out tremendously. Uh, obviously, we're going to do everything we can with this podcast, but this is a podcast for the whole country. 
but there will be your local agency will give you, let's say you live in a home that doesn't have a place where you can get away from a tornado. They'll tell you where the safe places are in your community and that'll help you out tremendously as well. And they'll give you a good idea. Hey, the tornadoes are likely here, likely here, or they are not. So that helps as well. Very localized. So we're going to talk about a few obvious things right now. So you want to know the signs of a tornado, including a rotating funnel shaped cloud. We've all seen the pictures and the videos an approaching cloud of debris or a loud roar, similar to a freight train. You can't really miss this. Do you have anything else to say about that, Craig? I've, I've actually never seen a tornado event live myself personally. Have you? Yeah. I had one that passed in my backyard when I was a kid. Uh, we were having a family reunion, actually, and everything that you just described, I was, I heard and saw. The freight train was just, it was overwhelmingly loud. I mean, this thing hit our garden and picked up. We were, uh, we were having a pig roast. You know, it's Kentucky, right? Family reunion. <laughs> it picked that whole thing up and took it away, and that was in our backyard. So, and I was in the basement of the house of that or that backyard, and it was, it was very loud. We could see it coming. And then we saw the debris, and that's when we all started getting away from the window um, because we knew it was it was getting ready to hit us. Fortunately, it didn't hit the house that we were in, but it it hit everything around us. It was it was bad. So next, and this kind of gets back to what Craig was saying too. You can sign up for your community's warning system. Now there's the emergency alert system, or it's otherwise called the EAS, and the national. Oceanic, let me see if I can say this right the first time, National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, or NOAA, and that's N-O-A-A, and those are available on weather radio. So what you're going to need is, and this is a little little gear tip, you're going to need some sort of an emergency radio that can pick up the proper frequencies, and those will be well marked on an emergency radio. One thing I can add to that, too, is that... um... A lot of communities in my, I live in a real small community, but we have a, a texting E911 service now too. So the okay. dispatchers here in our community are the ones that oversee the uh, emergency system when it sets the alarms that a tornado is imminent or something of that nature, uh, high winds. They also send out a text before and before an event's getting ready to happen if they recognize that bad weather's coming our way, tornado mm-hmm. watch and warning mm-hmm. both. And do all sorts of things. You can get warnings about, hey, this road's out because there's been a flash flood. So you can check in with your 911 dispatch center and see if you can sign up for E911 text alerts, too. That's that's a new thing that's come up in the last couple of years. That's good. And another thing with communities, if your community has sirens, and again, this is, this is where when you contact your local uh, 911 call center or emergency management folks, they can tell you if your community has various different sirens. So you want to become familiar with the different tones. Also, anything else to say on that, Craig? No, man, we got the same thing and I'm right on with you. Keep going. Okay. So you want to pay attention to weather reports and we, we have talked about this so often. You don't want to be stuck out in any severe weather. So you want to be checking the weather all the time before you go and do stuff. Uh, but meteorologists can predict when conditions might be right for a tornado also, you want to identify and practice going to a safe shelter. And Craig, I know you're really big on this, like pre-event preparation. Like it's, I think, especially with survival emergency preparedness, we've gotten so used to survival TV and YouTube videos and stuff like that, 
that when we hear something, even like this podcast, or we see something, somehow we transmit that to we actually know what to do and we've had that experience. Do you have anything else to say on actually practicing <laughs> practicing with some of this stuff before we yeah, anything. have to deal with it? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, obviously, we are huge on pre-event uh, preparation because that's just the way most people stay safe. Um, we can have the argument and a lot of people debate this online all the time, but what is true survival, right? Survival is being able to take care of yourself and not get hung up in some sort of bad situation to begin with. I think that's survival in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And so anytime that you have, if you have a place that you're going to go in the event of a tornado, then you need to on occasion just say to your family, particularly if you've got small children so that they can practice and if you do this with small children and you practice, then it's not such a scary thing when it actually occurs. And so you can take them to the basement or you can take them to another place down the road. If, it, if you know a tornado is coming that way and you need to leave your home and go somewhere else, then you can do that in practice. And, and this is going to be incredibly helpful for small children. And it never hurts anybody to practice anything that you have to do physically, whether it's walking, running, um, building a bow drill fire set and making fire, whatever. I mean, just practicing the skill is just good for everybody. So what we're talking about here is no, basically knowing what you're going to do. So you want to identify and practice going to a safe shelter, like Craig mentioned, in the event of high winds, such as a safe room built using FEMA criteria or a storm shelter built to ICC 500 standards. And that's going to be more of a public shelter in most cases. And the best Protection is a small interior windowless room on the lowest level of a sturdy building. Anything else on that, Craig? No, man. It's a, there's so many houses that get thrown up on a slab anymore that uh, you need to at least know where that the best place for you in your interior is. And if you have the time, then just leave because it's not a good choice at all. Yep. It's, it's, and, it's and that gets back good. to something that's not in my notes, too which is heed any emergency warnings. Do what your public officials are saying to do. If they see it, say evacuate, whether it's a tornado or a hurricane or, or whatever it is, do that, right? Absolutely. I, I was just, we, we ignore that stuff and, and people feel like they're getting put out and, and what have you, and, and we need to pay attention to that stuff. It's just that simple. And you had also mentioned something about homes getting thrown up on slabs, and and I just wanted to mention here, this is a little bit, uh, I guess this is before you want to think about this beforehand. If if you live in a mobile or a modular home, especially anything that is not secured to a concrete foundation or or more than four inches of concrete, you you, you do not want to be in that structure if a tornado or, or a hurricane hits. A tornado is going to pick that right up and throw it. Yep. There's no stopping it. I've just got one more. Uh, you you might want to consider, especially if you're in Tornado Alley or you're somewhere where you're very susceptible to uh, any kind of weather-related event, you might want to consider constructing your own safe room that meets FEMA or ICC 500 standards. And I want to refer you guys to podcast number 10 with Ron Hubbard. And we did talk quite extensively about survival shelters, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. We talked about tornado shelters too. That was a good one. I learned a lot by some of the stuff that he was sharing. That was really interesting. Yeah, I sure did. Okay, what do we got next, Craig? How about during? Yeah, so during an event where you actually have a tornado that's that's heading your way, you all, 
Uh, one of the things that we've mentioned already that is that we immediately need to go to that safe location. Uh, I'm a big fan of taking that bug out bag with you too. Uh, for example, for my family, my mm-hmm. daughter's type one diabetic, and we have, we have a, we have practiced and done a procedure when a tornado comes that how how we grab insulin and take it so that she definitely has insulin because you never know if the whole town got wiped out, the pharmacies might be too, and we might be out of insulin for a while. So that's a concern. Take that bug out bag. Um, another one is is make sure you're taking additional cover that covers your head and neck. Remember back when you're in grade school back in the day and they would tell you to take a book and get on the hall and put your head between your knees, put that book over your head and stuff of that nature. That's all really good stuff uh, as best as they could do in a classroom setting. And you can cover yourself with anything, furniture, anything that's around you, couch cushions, blankets, anything of that nature. Anything come to mind for you, David? Considering those two I, items? I'm just thinking, Craig, of, of what you've even talked about with self-defense, that you got to protect the computer, right? Yeah, always got to compa- uh, protect that computer. You all, uh, you're in self defense. I say it like this: if you haven't followed us, if you uh, take advantage of the videos on Patreon for uh, the self defense videos, but um, your head is the thing that controls the rest of you. Your noggin, and if something happens to it, the rest of you can't function very well. And so, you want to do everything you can to protect that neck and head so that you can continue to function. And obviously, anytime there's going to be some sort of injury, everybody should have first aid training. We've talked about it some. We're going to talk about mm-hmm. it some more. The tiny guy's got a really nice section in the tiny guide on first aid. So you can look at that, and that'll give you some helpful hints of, hey, I've got this going on. I know how to do that tourniquet, or no, I don't. And that'll give you a checklist of things you can go through and and see what kind of skills that you need to get. And that, that would be one way to start increasing your skill set right now. So yeah, man. What um, else you got? The next one that I have in my notes is to listen to to emergency systems, EAS, NOAA weather radio, and David mentioned earlier. This is fantastic. Uh, have a a radio that you can monitor. One of the things that I have in my home bug out bag for this particular situation is a crank radio. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have to have any batteries at all. I can crank it up. It's got a light on it. It's got a little radio on it. And that way we can monitor as best we can the things that are going down and and be able to uh, get information as best we can and as soon as we can. So that is vital. That is vital, having a radio. It's really, really nice piece of information. Next up in my notes is do not, do not try to outrun a tornado in a vehicle because they are faster than you are. There's been some of those tornado winds that have been clocked upwards of a couple hundred miles per hour. So you're not going to outrun it. Just get away. If you're in a building, I mean, if you're in a vehicle, um, depending upon where you are, it'd be good for you to get to a place where you can get in a ditch as best you can. And that's going to be a fantastic place for you to, to be for your safety. If you're in a car, you want to make sure you close your windows and buckle up. (laughs) You really want to buckle up. And uh, if you can, like Craig said, you want to find a ditch or a a divot in the ground or a hole. And you want to stay low if you're out and exposed for any reason. Yeah, absolutely. And and no different there. Do whatever you can to cover your arms, cover your body, do whatever you can to cover yourself up so that you're going to have, if anything uh, is exposed, then and if any, because debris is going to be flying everywhere. 
boards, rocks, cows, dogs, and I'm not trying to be funny. That kind of stuff's going to be flying around everywhere, and you don't want to get hit by it. So why don't we talk about how to be safe after a tornado? Sounds great. Dig into it. So uh, I think the first thing here, Craig, is you really need to assess and take care of your immediate needs. Would you agree with that? And if so, do you think Stopa would would apply here? And maybe you want to run through that if you think so. Oh, absolutely. Stopa, Stopa applies to everything. Uh, stop, think, observe, plan, actively stay alive. Um, once something happens, tornado-wise, you want to stop and assess what's going on around you. Uh, the biggest thing is debris is going to be everywhere. It's going to be all over the place. Nails, uh, broken glass. The big concern, everybody, more than anything else, is down power lines and broken gas lines. So if a house gets destroyed, um, if power poles getting taken down, you've got live electric lines. That is not something that you want to cross in a vehicle. That's not something you want to go nearby if you're walking by it. Uh, a natural gas utility uh, is going to have, you know, if a meter gets blown off the side of the house, then it's going to be blowing gas and um, you don't want to be around that because that could catch flame. You don't want to do anything that's going to cause any sort of a spark or catch uh, or any sort of flame around that sort of thing because that puts off a uh, an incredible amount of very high flame and heat. I used to work for a natural gas utility, and I had to one of the things I had to do every year is I had to put out fires coming off of houses and put a put out a a, a gas line that was at about twenty pounds of pressure. That's a lot of pressure on lines that are within a community, let alone something that's out in a rural community that might be running under the ground at four or 500 pounds of pressure. I've, I've witnessed that before, too, where it's blowing flames four or 500 foot in the air. So anytime you can stay away from that stuff, you're going to be much, much safer. And those are huge, huge problems for everybody. So just do every, everything you can to personally and be in your vehicle, stay away from that sort of utility problem. So I kind of have a side question here, Craig, since you've had some experience. Uh, There are some kits and emergency kits that have these uh, special wrenches for uh, turning gas off. Do you have any recommendations there for people? Should they just stay away from all that? Well, hmm. man, that's a tough call because you're not supposed to touch that stuff. Okay. But, there's very few people in a rural community that don't know where their water and gas cutoffs are. And I guess to be as legal as I possibly can, that's the best way I can say it. Like I know how to turn my gas off. I know how to turn my water off at the meter because those meters are going to be at least close to the ground or the water is going to be under the ground. And that way you can get the the source of where this is coming from off and don't have to deal with it. And it can really make a difference between a lot of a very dangerous situation or a safe situation. It's very different for every utility where you actually have a valve running to your house before it gets to the meter. Some houses will have that at the street. Some of those will not. And so that's something you you would check with your natural gas utility, but I'm just going to tell you the utility guy, he's going to tell you not to mess with it. Uh, it might be something that if you can find a friend that can, might be able to help you with that, you can get that insider tip on how to do that properly. But I have those wrench, the big T bar wrenches that do that. And I've got it staged in my house where I can get to those valves. I've had that happen, particularly on the farm 
with water several times where, oh man, tractor hit something, <laughs> drugs, you know, a plow drug something up out of the ground and we had to go turn the water off. Same things for gas, but just let's be real clear. You do not ever want to mess with electricity. So I guess the bottom line is you have to use your own discretion. And this, I think this gets back to pre-planning too, just knowing your utilities, knowing what you can do and what you shouldn't do. And there's some people that know that. For instance, one of my best friends, a, a plumber, and he can do all that sort of stuff. So he sets me up whenever I don't, I don't know what the answers to questions like that are. Yeah, so. sure. Sure, I do too. It's, it's always good to have friends like that. That's for certain. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So then you want to keep obviously listening to the EAS or your no weather radio station. And if at all possible, you want to hear what's going on locally. So that for you... For you, you you that may be um, that may be a local radio or a TV show. Uh, it may be shortwave radio, whatever you have. But again, we're getting back to the gear. You want to have some sort of communication or at least some sort of receiving device for local communication in the event that there's nothing else available. So your cell phone may not work, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, if it, particularly a tornado, I mean, those things run off cell towers, and cell towers are pretty big tall apparatuses so if you uh if a tornado is going to go through there there's a really good chance that it might not necessarily take that tower down but it'll uh, cause a disruption in the service and so there's a good chance that cell power is going to go down and you know i'm a huge fan you all i know y'all have heard me say this before and and i sound like a broken record on purpose but consider studying and getting your ham radio license because a ham radio just does so many different things uh, over and above just a AM FM radio, you can communicate. And, you know, I've said, I think I said this on one of our podcasts earlier, but when the fires happened down in Pigeon Forge in Tennessee, it was ham radio operators that were bringing people in and out and telling them where to go. Let me tell you real quick about ham radio people. Those people are just nerdy geeks and they, and they, they love it. And I love them for it because they love helping people. I've never been around Mm -hmm. any of those people that they weren't very incredibly willing to bring people into the fold, as they say. And just to give people just a a hint of what you can do, Tracy and I live, I don't know, 40 minutes or 40 miles away from one another. And he and I can talk on ham radio Mm -hmm. through the repeaters. And so it's one of those things that, you know, that because and the reason I say that is people go, well, what if there's no power? Well, most of these people that have these repeaters out there that help these ham radios work, they uh, they have solar power. They have battery backup on them just for this reason. Yep. And so and when I say I talk to Tracy, all I have Tracy's got a nice system at his house. OK, but I've all I've got is a little handheld. I've got a little handheld mm-hmm. radio. It's the same one that goes on my backpack that I can talk to him that far away through a repeater. It's just, it's unbelievable how cool it is. So you're ready to move on from this? Yeah, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll get off my ham radio cool. kick here. Yeah, <laughs> go ahead. No, no, it's it is really great, and I'm I'm actually hoping to get more involved as <laughs> as I get some more time here. Okay, let's talk about being trapped. So this is this is a possibility. It doesn't actually doesn't matter what disaster, natural or man-made disaster, there is a possibility that you could get trapped. So you want to cover your mouth with a cloth or a mask if you have it. You want to avoid breathing any dust um, or fumes if you can at all avoid that too. And if you have the possibility, try to send a text 
bang on a pipe, make noise, especially noise like banging on a pipe, banging rocks together, whatever you can do, or using a whistle instead of shouting, because why wouldn't we want to shout? Uh, the more you shout, everybody, the more water expenditure is going to occur. Every time you talk, every time you yell, and particularly when you yell and scream, you're putting a lot of water out of your body. You're also expending a lot of energy. So when you're expending that energy, you've got to be able to make that energy up from a survival perspective. And it's just quite frankly, it's very tiring. And so it's it's definitely something if you can make noise otherwise. And don't concern yourself with what you see on the movies that you got to know Morse code. They don't care. The, the search and rescue people do not care if you're banging, 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 or if you're banging out Morse code, you're going to be fine. That stuff's movie stuff. So bang on that pipe or that wall or whatever you can do to, to make noise and bring attention to yourself. That's generally going to travel a lot further because uh, sound traveling through solid objects is felt and heard a lot better in most cases. Now, obviously, if you hear somebody close by, you're going to want to you know, yell with everything that you have in you if that's your only option. All right. So we kind of covered this a bit with the utilities thing, but you don't want to enter damaged buildings until you are told that they're safe or, you know, obviously, um, yeah. I, anything else to say there, Craig? I, I was going to get into a little bunny trail, but I, I think I'm going to stay away from that. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it, I think you're dead on, man. It's, it's that simple. Uh, if you've lost somebody and you're trying to find a child or a loved one or something, you're going to look, just do it, do it in a way that the thing that we've talked about in rescue with Tracy and, and we'll talk about more of first aid is that, uh, you're number one as the person that is trying to administer first aid or save somebody or help somebody. And so if you go rushing into a situation then mm -hmm. and then you get injured or you get hurt now we got two people that are down and that just that just exponentially makes the problems worse and so do everything you can to if you have a lost a loved one or something or that nature a pet or something of that nature then mm -hmm. then please by all means do it uh under control as best you can try again stopa we talked about earlier stop think observe plan and actively stay alive the stop portion is there for you for the sole purpose of you trying to get your your heart rate down, your breath where it needs to be, the adrenaline dump, let it get out through your body so that it's not such an effect on you. And then, uh, and then go about looking through buildings if you have to, otherwise just leave and come back to it later. Uh, if you don't have something that you have to find. And I remember some things that you've said before, you don't want to be going back into a building that's on fire that there's issues there electrical mm -hmm. issues or that's unstable just to get stuff right never there's nothing listen to me everybody listen to me there's this, this nothing is the part i like the best when you say it when like i get this. serious <laughs> when i get serious like this, there is uh there is nothing that you own that is a thing that is more important than your life to somebody that cares about you so they would much rather you lose that gun collection they would much rather you lose that uh frappuccino gucci purse or whatever it is you know all these things that people have a lot of value in that are things people would love to have you home and safe with them and they won't care about that stuff i know it it's hard in those situations but just do everything you can not to to bring harm to yourself any more than you have to and set yourself up for danger 
Dude, I set you up for that. I threw you a softball, and you hit that out of the park. <laughs> did really? You think I hit that out of the park? <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> All right. I did something right today. All right. I I just have one or two more things here. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, save your phone calls for emergencies. Uh, and, you know, the first inclination that people are going to have is to get on the phone and and just call or text everybody, and that's natural. But just know that if there is an emergency, phone systems could be really overwhelmed and uh, they're often busy right after a disaster. So text messaging or social media uh, to communicate. Text message, sometimes texts get through when your regular calls will not get through. It takes a lot less data. So that may even be a better option. And, and we remember we talked to Creek Stewart. You all, if you haven't heard Creek's, the two podcasts we did with Creek, you need to go back. I think those were like two and six or something like that where we talked about weather-related stuff and bug-out-related stuff. And he said the one piece of gear that people always wished they had after a disaster was what? Do you remember what that was, Craig? That was a backup battery, my friend. Yep, Without for your doubt. phone. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's, uh, that's you know, I have, since we had that podcast with Creek, I have thrown that into about three or four different uh, PowerPoints that I teach in programs. Um, cause I never, I mean, I, I, it was one of those things I, I kind of told people, but I, di- I didn't make it really important. And, uh, he just kind of, he just said it in a way that made it feel real important to me. So I started adding that in too. I mean, he's, that's golly, that's sound advice, really sound advice. Uh, Tracy talked about it in rescue too, David, you weren't there for that one. But one of the things that he talked about is that when people call him, in these rescue situations, there's so many times that it ends up they've got like 2% of battery because they've wasted all their battery using a phone or something like that for, I mean, using the the uh, flashlight on their phone and wasted battery that they don't have any left and they call and then it's like, he, you know, as a rescuer, one of the things that he immediately says is where are you, do this and send me your coordinates kind of thing. So don't wait to do that, number one. And number two, have that battery back up. And, uh, and if you don't have to be calling, then again, as David suggested, which I think is a great suggestion is, is save it until you have to have it until you need it. There's a big difference between needs and wants. This is definitely one of those times where you need to let people know that you're safe when you can, but save it just because you want to chat and say, Hey, you okay? Hey, hey, you okay over there? Don't do that. And I did listen to that podcast. That was a fantastic podcast. You actually, you had, you had some really great ones with, uh, Dr. Jones and, and, uh, Hey, you know, we were gone and, separated and for a couple of weeks there, but I, a couple of weeks. Yeah. Not that I missed hanging out with you, but <laughs> you, I, didn't, you didn't miss me at all. Did no, you? <laughs> here's the thing. I enjoyed it because I enjoyed doing my own thing a little bit, but I also got to enjoy sitting back and listening to you <laughs> with your podcast. I mean, that was kind of fun. So let's not do that often, but we need to do it every now and then. <laughs> Yeah, that, but that one with Tracy was really good. Yeah, he's a good that guy. was Tracy's uh, podcast guy. fourteen. That that was like two weeks ago. Man, you're so if you guys hey, haven't heard that, check that out. You're yeah, you're doing really hey. good with the numbers on the podcast. By the way, I can hear you clicking in the <laughs> That's background because I have click, a list right click, here. Click click click. <laughs> I can't find that stuff that fast, That's- man. That's because I have the show notes from the survival show.com. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I have them indexed. <laughs> Talk about setting you guys the softball throw up and you knocking it out of the park. There you go. All right. Uh, one more thing I think we need to cover here, Craig, is 
And I think this is with, with any weather in general, but you know, God didn't create us with really, really thick skin and all kinds of protection like the Avengers, right? So we need to be careful during cleanup. Uh, you need to wear thick soled shoes. If you have them, no flip flops. Okay. I'm going to say like Craig, okay, you all listen to me. (laughs) (laughs) No flip flops. Keep those toes covered. Okay. Long pants and work gloves, long sleeve shirts, something on your head. Um, protect your head even just from dust or small debris that's falling down anything else to add there Craig? now some people keep in their bag their go bags and bug out bags a dusk mask or something of that nature uh, that might be a useful tool to have uh, in a situation like this as well but i think that would be it man i'm gonna tell you this go ahead um, tell me this <laughs> i'm gonna tell you this i i have dusk masks i have actually in my in my little mini travel kit I have a dusk mask. I think it's, uh, there's different ratings, but it's, it's the higher rated one. I have, uh, I have swimming goggles and <laughs> just in case <laughs> I literally have swimming goggles to, cause they're small and they can cover and protect your eyes in the event that you're in any sort of event, whether it's even like a biological or chemical event. That's not bad, man. Well. It seems so any, I, I, I'm visualizing you <laughs> wearing these things. So that gives me. <laughs> pause to laugh but it's not a bad idea we just covered what to do what you can do before what you can do during and after you want to maybe recap this craig and give people a few action points because you know we covered a lot of ground actually yeah pre-planning before just pre-plan listen to this podcast go to ready.gov uh look at the the things yeah get the show notes for, for from us look in the description below for links and that'll be a good place for you to start getting prepared. Um, go back and listen to that podcast with Creek Stewart. The second one that Creek did, I think I just heard David say that was podcast number six. That one is uh, on severe weather. That's a really good one that gets you going on this information. During, uh, just keep in mind to ke- keep yourself covered, uh, get into shelter, and then after then make sure that you're number one. You know you're number one. So you're going to be want to be frantic going after stuff and going after people. Make sure you take care of yourself after the event so that you don't run into something that makes you a victim as well. That's how I would summarize. Thanks for throwing that one at me as a surprise, and I knocked it out of the park, too. <laughs> Again, you knocked it out of the park, dude. So that's did, do we have anything else on this this particular topic, and what do you want to do next? <laughs> well, I did. I, I didn't know. Uh, this is not an incredibly technical topic, and I knew we'd cover it and have a few minutes left. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to grab a couple of questions because we haven't addressed the mailbag in a while. And there's been some interesting things that have happened. Number one, uh, I did a podcast on Manly Musing. I really stepped away from my normal Manly Musings this past week and talked about the Carico Sisters. Um, Go back and listen to that one. That's a fantastic event to learn from. Uh, You can get on my website, Nature Reliance. I put a blog piece together that contains the the podcast as well as some more information. And then got a couple questions here. You want to okay? So let's. Why don't we dig into the mailbag? So to get in these questions from the mailbag, I've got two uh, because they've been items in the news. But number one is, what are your thoughts on this mountain lion attack? That came from one of our Patreon supporters. It's a good question. Do you have any thoughts? You want to dig into it? No, I've got I've got a lot of I've got several thoughts about 
about mountain lion attacks in general and and mostly on the prevention side. Now, is this was this question because it's such a small question? Is this in relation to a local occurrence? Yeah. Did you did... see the story where the guy choked the mountain lion to death? No. Did you miss this? I don't think I saw. Oh that. my gosh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let me let me tell the story then. So right. there was there was a guy that was running and man, forgive me, everybody that's listening. I think it's in Colorado, but I can't remember at this point. And the story that first came out was that uh, he got attacked by a lion, a mountain lion, and he choked it to death. Okay. Then it came out a week later that the cat was a juvenile and everybody started saying, oh, he, he choked a kitty cat to death and stuff like that. And the reason I thought this was an important question, because a lot of people went, oh, it's just a small cat. I mean, why did he have to do that? It was orphaned. It didn't have a parent. It was hungry. And, and two things I want to bring up in regards to this, because this kind of gets in my wheelhouse. Number one, life is not Disney, you all. Bambi does not exist except in your imagination. Mountain lions are not kitty cats. They're mountain lions. If they're a juvenile, they're still a mountain lion. They're going to chew your face off if you get a chance, if they get a chance to do it. So you've got to protect yourself from these animals. This thing would have hurt him and hurt him in a hurry had he not done something to defend himself. And the the big thing, he did not do this at all. I'm not saying to do this, but people do this all the time is they look at animals and they think that they're Disney and they want to go up and pet them or they want to go up and take a selfie with them at this point or they're trying to get video of them. And that's just, just let wildlife be wildlife so that it doesn't hurt you. Uh, now, this cat jumped on this guy and he had to defend himself. I mean, this cat was trying to hurt him and he he, he literally choked this thing to death, man. It was kind of a crazy story. That's actually really odd behavior for a cat. I wonder if it was rabbit or Again, it was like orphaned and it was hungry. And so okay. it, it didn't, you know, it was, and it was a young cat. I mean, again, everybody was calling it a kitten. I'm just telling you, it was, it was still 40 pounds, 40 pounds. That's a big kitty, man. <laughs> well, the thing that I want to do is that anybody that says, oh, he choked a kitten to death. I want to take a 40 pound, anything wild animal and put it in their lap and see what happens. You know, I mean, I told everybody, hey, go out there and pick up a squirrel and see what happens, let alone a 40 pound <laughs> mountain lion. Right. But anyway, yeah. okay. I'll yep. get off my saltbox. What do you, what do you have about you want, mountain lion tax? Well, I was just going to talk in general about yeah, please like, do. just a couple of things, right? Yeah. And this kind of gets back to what you were just saying. I, you know, cats are an awesome creation of God. I, I just don't care if it's a kitty cat or not. I, you just watch an angry pet cat, but put any size dog. Uh, up against a pet cat that that dog's being a little bit gnarly with the cat, that cat will put him in his place quick, like in a heartbeat. But I think with these wild cats, I think there's there's two things, and we've talked about this with regards to other things too, Craig. So we've got awareness and avoidance, right? That would be key. So um, again, it gets back to there's just certain parts of the country, a lot of the western part of the United States in the wild places, that's wildcat country. You know, that's mountain lion country. So you got to know where you're at. So you got to be aware. Let me say this real quick. Mountain lions are one of the few, few animals in the animal kingdom that will literally hunt humans. And they've been known to do this and it's not a common thing, but they've been known to do it. Yeah. It's very, it's very uncommon, but people have been literally hunted down by these things. And I mean, think about it from a wild animal. You look at this critter walking through the woods 
and they're on two feet, their skin. I mean, if I was an animal and I look at that, I'd be going, well, I don't have to go through all that hair to get to that thing. I mean, seriously, I mean, you've got to consider it that way. I mean, it's, it's not Disney. I mean, they're looking at you as prey because they are a predator. So, but in general, yes, they're, they're going to do everything they can to stay away from us. Um, this this is more of an anomaly. They're going to, they're going to stay away, you know, unless we kind of put our self in harm's way, except for the anomaly like this. I mean, here's the thing you all statistics wise. I always go back to statistics, don't I? How many times have you heard of a dude choking out a mountain lion that jumped on his back once, twice, maybe I got to looking. it's happened twice where somebody's killed a mountain lion with their bare hands twice. I mean, seriously, you're more apt to, you know, get in a car wreck going down the mailbox than you are to get attacked by a mountain lion and you choke it unconscious. So yeah, statistics, it's cool. Let's just take one minute and just cover like, what do you do if all of a sudden you're face to face with a mountain lion? You want to be big. You want to have your arms out. If you have anything that you can hold out to your side, like one gentleman had a, a mountain lion coming towards him and he was on a mountain bike and he held his bike up and it made him look bigger because the animal doesn't really understand that it's not you, right? They're always trying to distinguish two things, Greg. One is whether you're a predator or whether you're a prey. And it's good to be seen as a predator. And that's what you're talking about. Bigger than them, louder than them. And go ahead, go on with what you were going to say there. No, that's good. I like it. I like it. The other one is that you never want to turn your back to them because a mountain lion attacks from the back and usually attacks on the neck and the head area. That's how they'll go after prey. And so you don't want to turn your back. And there's been some, and and it sounds crazy, but in my second book, Ultimate Wilderness Gear, I have a section in there on gear you need to have to defend yourself against wild animals. Okay. And so I put in there a section on mountain lions. And one of the things that the research, and I actually, because I didn't believe this, but uh, I contacted some friends and a game, a fishing game guy in mountain lion country in California and said, is this true? And they were like, yep, it's true. You can take something that looks like eyes and put them on the back of your head, a hat or something that makes it look like fake eyes. Mm -hmm. And so if you get caught surprised and a mountain lion is coming up behind you, they see those eyes and think that they're looking at the at something that sees them. And I, I thought that was crazy story uh, for the longest time. I thought that was just like urban legend kind of stuff. But talking to a fishing game guy out there, he's like, no, it's true. So uh, I, th- I found that very interesting. Does that make sense the way I described that, David, what I just said? Yeah, that okay. totally makes sense. Okay. Here, here's the deal. They are not going to take their eyes off of you until they flee. Because they're, that's the thing. They're always trying to size you up. Are you a predator or are you prey? So you want, you want to be perceived as, as a predator to them. Now, Craig's right. You want to, you want to keep, you don't want to turn your back towards them. Uh, You don't want to turn your back to them, but you do want to back away slowly. Anything, any sudden quick movements and you will trigger their chasing instinct and you do not want to do that. So you just want to back away slowly, continue to look towards them, make noise, make yourself big, uh, like Craig said, and you want to make sure that you're giving that mountain lion ways to escape. So if there's, if you're backing up, you want to just make sure that you're backing up in a way that they can flee from you in the easiest uh, escape direction as possible. Did you have anything else you wanted to add to that? No, man, that sounds great. That's a 
I learned some things right there. That's really good. All right, man. What else do we have? Do we have time for another question or are we going to save it for next time? Let's save it for next time. I think we're right on the money. So let's do that. And I'll save that secret. It's another one that came off Patreon and it has to do with edible plants. So we'll cover that the next time. All right, guys and gals, be looking for more changes and giveaways coming soon. Like seriously, are you listening? Giveaways. Hashtag G-A-W. Hashtag Gaw. Give away. We appreciate everyone's patience as uh, we've been getting this podcast off the ground. Uh, Been very excited to get back with David today. This has been good stuff. And we've received and we have heard your support, and we thank you for that. I mean, it's fantastic. Uh, I have people email or message and people that know me personally that have been listening to the podcast call me and tell me so many good things about the podcast and, and, and some constructive criticism, and we're building that into it. So thank you all for that. So please continue. Let me just throw something in here, Craig, real quick. I was was really blessed when I heard (laughs) (laughs) you say no. (laughs) no. Go ahead, man. I just thought it was really cool uh, when you were talking to Tracy and, and he had said one or two things that we had talked about in previous podcasts. And he said, Tracy, you sound like you listen to the podcast. And he <laughs> said, well, well yeah. yeah like, he does. Like, you know, that, like he really enjoyed it. So anyway, we're really blessed by you guys and thank you for all your support. So go ahead, Greg. Yeah, man. It's, it's, it's incredible. I've got a bunch of good friends that call me. I mean, literally text me or call me. Man, that was a good one. Man, you need to... Don't say that next time. <laughs> that kind of stuff. Get it so, both ways. So yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy for the criticism, both good and bad. It helps us be good and, and get better at what we're doing. So please continue to help us out by subscribing to the podcast. Uh, it's hard to explain in detail, but that is incredibly vital to us. If you subscribe to the podcast, do it now. And uh, it's free to do so. It doesn't cost you a thing. And that helps ensure that you're not going to miss any episode as well as it helps us out behind the scenes. And if you enjoy the podcast, and I know you do, please share it with your friends and go over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating because we are five-star kind of guys, especially producer Ben in the background. But look in the description below for any of the links that we may have mentioned today so you are readily available to go to those websites for more insight and information. Again, I'll mention that ready.gov. That's a fantastic website. I think that's it. Guys, gals, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on the Survival Show Podcast. Keep it simple, be positive, and stay sharp.